Hello and welcome to Our House, my brand new podcast series. For those that don't know me, my name is Dr. Michaela Hume and I am a professional genealogist and historian. Each week in this series, I will be revealing the fascinating history of houses that feature on the front of old postcards. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea and let's welcome everybody into Our House. To kick things off, we're going to be in the northwest of England. I wonder if you can guess where. So, how did you do? Seaside town, northwest of England. There can only be one place, right? Blackpool. So, grab your buckets and spades and join me as we go through the door of Mrs. Naylor's boarding house. So I thought I'd start these podcasts by trying to describe the postcard, which may actually go horribly wrong, but I thought I'd give it a go. If you want to see what the actual postcard looked like, which will probably nothing like my description on here, please um, check out the blog series. So I've done um, a blog series and this, podcast will accompany that blog series and I will put the link to that in the description if that is at all possible but I'll have a go. If not you'll be able to find it on my website which is www.michaelahume.com. Okay so the house is quite an imposing house. It's on five floors. There are net curtains up at the window We have a vacancy sign in the window as well. The bottom three floors all have bay windows. There is an inscription on the bottom. It says Mrs Naylor, Elmhurst House, 84 Albert Road, Blackpool. It's a muse style house. Would you say muse? I'm thinking it's a muse style house. And it reminds me of something that you'd see in New York. Sort of, sort of those big imposing houses that you that you think of when you think of sort of 1920s, you know, New York. I must stress though, you need to check out the picture because my description does not do it justice at all. But let's stay in the 1920s because in 1920, that is when Mary Elizabeth Naylor moved in to 84 Albert Road. So she moved in just after World War I, but she was actually the third proprietor of the boarding house. So I'm going to go back just a bit further and we're going to actually start this podcast with the Meadowcrofts. Now, when the Meadowcrofts moved into 84 Albert Road. It wasn't actually called Elmhurst House. It was called Phoenix House. It wouldn't become Elmhurst House for another few years yet. Jonas Meadowcroft and his wife Rosanna moved to Blackpool from their native Oldham sometime in the 1880s. The census reveals that when the couple moved into 84 Albert Road, Jonas was working as a brewer and his wife Rosanna was managing the boarding house business. Jonas didn't stick at being a brewer for very long and he actually becomes a very successful and well-known auctioneer and valuer. 
In fact, the census also reveals that the Meadowcrofts had a very comfortable life, so they could afford to employ uh, servants and people that would help them run the boarding house. And this is, it's quite unusual in the boarding houses that I've researched. Normally, it's very much a, a family-run thing. Um, so normally, it's the, the daughters that would help out the mother running the business. But the Meadowcrofts are in a financial position where they're actually able to employ people. In order to attract custom to the boarding house, Rosanna regularly advertises it in local newspapers. Um, her advertisements are very short but straight to the point. So she'll say things like, um, you know, superior apartments, close to all amusements, good beds. And, and these are things that obviously are important if you're a tourist. You know, these are things like, um, for a lot of people, going on holiday and staying in these boarding houses, their boarding houses would have been actually nicer than their own home. And Rosanna is clear to promote this. So in these ads, she is putting things like, you know, uh, alongside they have good beds. She also mentions that they have good food. She mentions that they have a piano, which is interesting. So it means that, you know, there is music or some form of entertainment in the evenings for the guests. Now, when I looked on the next census for the Meadowcrofts, which was the 1911 census, I couldn't find them at all living at 84 Albert Road. Um, so I went back, so I had a look. I knew something must have happened to them between 1901 and 1911. I had a few adverts, as I've spoken about previously, that Rosanna had put in, um, in between that period, but really nothing from 1908 onwards. And I did a newspaper search of Jonas because I knew that he'd really made a name for himself as an auctioneer by this point. And there are loads of um, advertisements for his business in, in the paper and, and they came up quite a bit. But in 1907, I actually found a story in the local newspaper and it said Blackpool Man's Tragic Death. And I'm going to read it to you. A well-known Blackpool auctioneer named Mr Jonas Meadowcroft of Albert Road, Blackpool, died with tragic suddenness at eight o'clock this morning. He and his wife were going away for a short holiday at Colwyn Bay and were on their way to Talbot Road Station when Mr Meadowcroft, while speaking to a constable, suddenly fell backwards. The policeman carried him to the station and loosened his clothes around his neck. Dr Hillard, who happened to be passing, pronounced life extinct. Following Jonas's death, Rosanna decided to move back to Oldham. And the next occupants of 84 Albert Road were the Butson family from Lancashire. Now, in all my time as a genealogist, I've actually never come across the surname Butson. Uh, I know there's probably loads of you out there that are going to send me a message now going, we're Butsons, but I've never ever come across that surname before. But it's a Lancashire surname. Uh, Thomas Butson and his wife Mary, they were uh, from Burnley. And they moved into 84 Albert Road with their children. So we've got Clement, born in 1904, Marjorie, born in 1908, and Alfred Leslie, born in 1909. Now, I know normally... I think I said it to you earlier on in this podcast that generally the women of the house look after the boarding house and the men go and find um, 
employment elsewhere. Can I just apologise, by the way, if you did hear a bit of a groan then. That was my dog um, turning round and going back asleep on the floor. Clearly, this podcast is sending my dog to sleep. Hopefully, it's not sending you to sleep um, and you're, <laughs> you're still paying attention. <laughs> okay, so... So we've now got the Butson family living eight for Albert Road. Uh, Mrs Butson, a bit like Rosanna before her, takes to advertising the boarding house in the local paper. In her ad, she says you can stay in one of the either public or private apartments with or without board. It's two shillings for a single occupancy or for two people, it would be five shillings. She says it is near the sea and the station, and it's also close to all amusements. Now, I would actually like to draw your attention to the couple's youngest son, Clement, or Clem, as he was known. He would actually make a name for himself as one of the best-known circus producers in the post-war era. Now, at the age of 24, I know what you think about this, he's only 24, he became the manager of the Blackpool Tower Company before becoming a junior executive of the Tower Circus. And from there, don't forget now, he's only in his 20s, he was promoted to entertainment manager for the whole of the Tower Company, which basically meant that he was in charge of all the live performances in virtually the whole of Blackpool. Now, he travelled the world, so if you know anything about Clem Butson, and there's quite a bit on the internet, there is actually a picture of him, um, but it was really expensive. It was like 150 quid to put it in my blog, and that was just a bit out of my price range. But you can, if you do a, if you do a search, you will find a picture of Clem Butson. Um, he's a really interesting character. He travelled the world... And he didn't just go to places that, you know, that we might think someone might go to find entertainment for Blackpool. He went to villages in Switzerland. He went to Russia to try and get the Moscow State Circus. This guy travelled the world to try and bring the best entertainment, not only to Blackpool, but to, to the UK. Um, he would be responsible for bringing such artists as Vivian Lee and Gracie Fields to the resort. And in 1947, he actually left uh, Blackpool and began working with the legend, the king of pantomime, which is Tom Arnold. And his work, as I've already mentioned, included bringing the Moscow State Circus to London and Manchester. And he also directed, believe it or not, a Texas rodeo consisting of a hundred horses in London. Now, if you are out there and you're listening and you own a horse, you will know how difficult it is to control one horse. And he directed a hundred horses. His work was described by the Guardian as the finest production of a circus that the modern world has ever seen. So I guess we could say that 84 Albert Road had a real Blackpool legend living in it. I'm going to actually say the word legend. Yeah, Blackpool legend living in it, in Clem Butson. Now, I decided to do a newspaper search because when I did a newspaper search, obviously that's how I found out information about Clem Butson. But I also thought I'll just see if the house comes up at all in any newspapers. And it did. So in 1913, when Clem Butson was still living at 84 Albert Road, 
The house appears in the paper, in quite a few papers, but for all the wrong reasons. And that is because there is a thief going around Blackpool and he actually steals the purse of somebody who is residing at the boarding house. In the purse was £3.10, which was actually a lot of money in 1913. Just over a year after the house appears in the newspaper, Britain enters into World War I and the Butson family remain at the address throughout the entirety of the war. Now, as I mentioned at the start of this blog, in 1920, just after the war is finished, we know that Mrs Mary Naylor is living at the address and that's when the photograph is taken, which appears on the front of the postcard. Don't forget, if you want to see the photograph, you can actually go to the blog. All the pictures, all the images are in the blog which accompany this podcast. The link for the blog I'm going to put in the description if I can. If not, check out my website because it's all on there. When Mrs Naylor took over the boarding house in 1920, Blackpool was attracting approximately 8 million visitors per year. It was one of the most popular seaside resorts in Britain. Visitors to Blackpool during this time could enjoy such attractions as Blackpool Zoo, um, a visit to the circus, dancing at the Tower Ballroom, a trip to the Pleasure Beach, or even a walk down the Golden Mile, enjoying some of the weird and, and wonderful stalls. Mrs Naylor remained in charge of 84 Albert Road until 1934. However, in 1933, a shocking event occurred at the house which actually led to her servant being charged with murder. On the 28th of October, Elsie Elizabeth Sanderson, which was Mary's servant, complained that she fell ill. Now Mary and her daughter helped get the servant Elsie into bed. At four o'clock, Mary heard some strange noises coming from the bathroom and she actually sent her daughter to investigate. I don't know why she didn't go herself, but she obviously thought her daughter was braver. When her daughter looked into the bathroom, she could see that Elsie appeared ill. She appeared very sick. A doctor was sent for and he said that Elsie needed to go straight to hospital. In the meantime, Mary Naylor was looking through the window into the yard outside of the boarding house and she saw what she thought was the body of a baby. They rushed outside, they picked the baby up and realised that the baby was actually still alive. And immediately, they, the baby was transferred to hospital. But unfortunately, the baby sadly died. Elsie was later charged and pleaded guilty to infanticide. At her trial at the Lancaster Assizes, she stated that she did not remember anything about the evening in question. Her bench reported that she had been very ill since the night in question and had been in the care of two doctors. Elsie's mother also testified that the man who had got her daughter pregnant was actually planning to marry her. And if you actually read the trial, it's quite sad because I think her mum tried everything to get her daughter the least possible sentence. She not only visited the man who got her daughter pregnant and, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying persuaded him to marry her, but got to agree in court that he would marry the daughter. She also went to Mrs Naylor and said, you know, would you take my daughter on if she gets a lesser sentence or, you know, found not guilty? Would you 
still have her in your employment. And Mrs Naylor actually agreed that, you know, that she would keep her on. All these factors seem to have worked in her favour because after hearing the evidence, she was actually only sentenced to one day in prison. Now, it's not clear whether Mary initially re-employed Elsie following the trial. However, what we do know is that by the August of 1934, Mrs Naylor is advertising for a new maid. Now, this advertisement for a new maid is actually really important because it's one of the last records that I could find of Mrs Naylor living at 84 Albert Road. Because in the autumn of 1934, all these records for Mrs Naylor living at the address stop. So I don't get any more advertisements for staff, any more advertisements of the premises in the local press, everything stops. I can't find her on the 1939 register living there. In fact, I can't find her on the 1939 register at all. So I then decide to try and see if I can find a death and there's nothing at all for a Mary Naylor dying in Blackpool. So I decided to search a bit further afield and I discovered that she actually died on the 28th of November 1934 in the Liverpool Stanley Hospital. She died of a pulmonary embolism. I was able to get her, her death certificate. And I was also able to find a probate for her, which said that she left £470, two shillings and eight pence. And I think it was, it was to an Elizabeth Dunass, which I think is actually her daughter. Now, following Mary's death, the Cook family took over the boarding house. Elizabeth Cook and her husband Percy, Reginald Cook, move into Elmhurst House, because don't forget, Mary Naylor, we know that the name changed when Mary took over it and it's now Elmhurst House. Like the proprietors that have gone before her, Elizabeth Cook regularly uses the newspaper to promote the boarding house. She actually places 85 adverts in 1935 alone to try and get people to come and stay at the house. Now, there is evidence, if you look at Mary Naylor's adverts to Elizabeth Cook's adverts, you can tell that there must have been some sort of upgrade done to the rooms. For example, the rooms now have electric and they all have wash basins in them. She also charged a reasonable rent, so she charged a daily rate, and this is in uh, 1953, so we're just a bit ahead of this now, but she charges a daily rate of 14 and 6, which was about average for a room at this time. Now, I'm not 100% sure when Elizabeth Cook left the boarding house. As I say, I know she was there in 1953 because she's advertising these, these rooms still. However, by the 1980s, 84 Albert Road and the house next door have been purchased and they've been turned into one hotel. So they've been merged and turned into one hotel called the Georgian. Now, in 1987, the hotel actually got a famous owner and the legendary singer Vince Hill joined the board of the hotel chain that owned it. He was quoted as actually saying that his attention would be on the Georgian and not the other hotels. And he hoped that they could actually extend the cabaret room so they could have, quote, Vince Hill weekends. Now, if you look at the hotel today, you would have to have that old picture of Mary Naylor's next to you to make out um, sort of the old the old part of, of the house. You can still make it out. If you look above ground level, 
and you sort of look at the bay windows, it is possible to actually still make out the old part of the house. So that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I really hope you have enjoyed it. And if you have, please like, subscribe and share. Don't forget that this podcast accompanies the blog series. So if you want to see any images of what I have been talking about, please check them out on the blog section of my website, which is www.michaelahume.com. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me via Facebook at Michaela Hume or via Twitter at Honour the Past. Thank you for listening. Next week, we are still in Blackpool. We're taking a nosy inside Mrs. Dixon's famous boarding house. Till next time, thank you for listening. Goodbye.